0: This is the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are pleased to have you join us as we offer up God's Word as the necessary food for His people. The Word of God finds its fullest expression in the person of Jesus Christ. May He be exalted before you today. Now here is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. A study of the work of God in Abraham's life draws up to the events of Genesis 18. There God in human form comes and fellowships with Abraham and reveals to Abraham something of his plans for the future. Plans to bless Abraham, bless the nations through Abraham, and plans to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. Following this, Abraham, were told, remain before the Lord, and there in this gained relationship with God, Abraham begins to intercede for Sodom and Gomorrah. This pattern is to be repeated in our lives. God promises salvation to us through Jesus Christ in His finished work on our behalf. We believe in Him. We enter into fellowship with God. God then shows us His plans to bless and to judge, and we remain before Him to pray for others that they may share in our blessings and be saved from God's judgment. God has made this... Revelation that's had this fellowship with Abraham. He's given some distinct information on how this blessing is going to be fulfilled. And he lets Abraham know what is coming ahead of an answer that he'll see within a year. And then in 1816, we go on to read this. Then the men set out from there, these three, and they looked down upon Sodom. As Abraham went with them and set them on their way, the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? seeing that Abraham shall surely be a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. And then the Lord said, Because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. God, in this passage here, let's follow the progression here, in these verses reiterates the promise to bless Abraham and through him to bless all the nations of the earth. And then God discloses to Abraham his plan for Sodom and Gomorrah. It appears as you go and read on in the rest of the passage that Abraham understands that judgment and full destruction is being planned by God for the city. I think Abraham knows what's going on down in the city. I think he knows exactly what God is going to find out. God is disclosing to Abraham something of his future plans of judgment. Here's what we've seen. God gives a promise. The promise is believed. A new identity is given to us. We enter into fellowship with God God discloses to us future blessings that are coming. God reveals to us future judgment as well. We become those that He entrusts His plans. He begins to open our minds to understand how God is working in the world and what God is going to do to bless and what God is going to do to judge. He makes these things known to His children, to those who are in fellowship with Him, to those who have been brought in fellowship with Him by being given a new identity To those who have been given an identity because they have believed and trusted by faith in the salvation that He's promised to us through Jesus Christ. With our new identities, God begins to open up to our hearts and minds to comprehend His Word. And in that Word, He begins to unfold to us something of His plans for the future. And He has plans to bless the nations. And He has plans to judge the nations as well. We look forward to those blessings. We look forward to the day when Christ will come again. We look forward to a second coming. And we look forward to the day when those of every tongue and every tribe and every nation will gather before the throne of God. And we will all together with them cast our crowns at the feet of our Savior, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. We look forward to the day when we will, with every member of every tongue and every tribe, come before the Lord and bless Him for the salvation that is ours through the Lamb. And we'll sing the song of the Lamb. Revelation tells us in chapter 5 that we will say, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. It's going to be our song to sing. It's going to be our song of triumph and exaltation when God has demonstrated His ability to sweep in before Him all things into complete and perfect justice and righteousness. And God will have bought an end of all things in perfect execution of judgment. And God will have poured out on all the remainder His perfect blessing. God has let us know of the blessing that's to come. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am there you may be also. If I leave you, I will come again. God has made us known of these wonderful promises to bless us. But God has also let us know of the future judgment that's coming upon the earth. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8-9, through we're told that Christ will return with His angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance upon all who do not know God and will not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These will suffer punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. Oh, we'll remain in His presence who have been faithful and true to the end, and we will be ones who will enjoy the glory of His might, and we'll sing it just as we've told. We'll hymn it. It'll be our song of exaltation, But many others will be removed in judgment away from that place of glory and blessing. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.10 that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief, And the heavens will then pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done in them will be exposed. It's the idea of a catastrophic and a universal flame of judgment that will reveal all the sinful works that have been accumulated by all of humanity in a searching fire. And after all these things have been exposed for a final and ultimate judgment... What will remain after these fires of judgment, Peter tells us, is a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells forever. Blessings for the children of faith in God's good news of salvation through God's Son and God's seed, Jesus Christ. Judgment for all the rest who exist outside the bounds of that good news and refuse to enter into it. God will judge them. They will suffer unendingly from his presence. We will enjoy forever his blessing. God reveals this to us. God makes this known to his children. Just as God has revealed this to us in his word, God gives an example of this relationship opening up into a communication which God makes known his future blessings and his future curses and judgments In that example of faith of Abraham, God first shared with Abraham, the father of the faithful, both a promise of future blessing, an indication of certain and future judgment. Shall I make known to Abraham what I am about to do? And he does. Shall I make known to my children here what I'm about to do? And God does. He reveals these things to us. Now I want you to notice Abraham's response. Look at verse 18, verse 22. The angels, the two others, God dispatches to go down into the city of Sodom to evaluate what's taking place in order to determine the nature of judgment or justice that needs to be carried out upon the city. They'll go down and they'll see what's happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they will then execute a penalty. We know exactly what that penalty was. We know the story. Fire will come down from heaven, brimstone, and destroy all those within the city. But now as they go to carry out their investigation, Abraham knowing what it is they're going to find down there, we simply read this, Abraham still stood before the Lord. Abraham still stood before the Lord. God having made clear both a future blessing and curses to Abraham, God having revealed to Abraham something of the good and of the bad, of the promised peace and of the promised punishment, God revealing this to Abraham does not leave Abraham. Abraham's name and identity has changed, and now he is before God to live out a proper response in that identity. He's been blessed to be a blessing, and God remains before him. And the fellowship that he has with God continues. And in that fellowship, we find Abraham, in essence, praying to God. What we have going on from this passage is an act of intercession. Abraham stands before the Lord in prayer. And the same construction where it says here, Abraham stood before the Lord, actually is used in Jeremiah chapter 18, 20. Many years after this, Jeremiah is the one who stands before God. And now Jeremiah is interceding for the people of Judah the nation of Israel. And Jeremiah there says in 1820 to the Lord, remember how I stood before you to speak good for them and to turn away your wrath from them. That's exactly, that's exactly what Abraham's going to be doing here. He's standing before the Lord to, to represent good for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and to turn away God's wrath from them. And as Jeremiah was interceding God's best for those individuals, Abraham is doing the same. And so what follows is a conversation that Abraham has prayerfully before God. And you'll recall it. God, would you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Lord, if there are 50 righteous in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, will you not spare the whole city for the sake of the 50? Now, what you see in that is that Abraham is not simply interceding for the 50, the hypothetical 50. Abraham is interceding for a protection and a rescue from wrath and judgment a temporary stay in God's execution of wrath for the whole city. God, if 50, and God concedes for 50, he will. God, if 50, then why not 40? God, if 40, then why not 30? God, if 30, then why not 20? God, please be patient with me. If not 20, why not 10? If there are 10 righteous men, can you not spare the city? Well, That's not the purpose of our time here is not to evaluate and break down exactly how it was that Abraham interceded, but what I want you to see is what the promise that Abraham received by faith and out of the fellowship that he entered into through that faith, what that promise received and that fellowship enjoined produced in Abraham and from his life. He has a new identity. He has fellowship with God. He has trust a trust given to him from God in which God reveals to him both future blessing and future judgment upon the nations. We have the same. And thus Abraham now has a new work, a new role. All of this is before him. The people that surround him, including the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, the nations that he lives among in tents because he knows he's only passing through to a greater inheritance, these are those that his promised blessing may extend to they may be the ones who potentially he sees it may receive the blessing that he's received and knowing that they could potentially be the ones that are blessed through him he faces the judgment that may come upon them and he intercedes for blessing instead of judgment he intercedes If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and his complete work of salvation, bearing your sins and granting you his righteousness, you're an heir of all of God's blessing. Those blessings are secured for you in Christ Jesus. Now before God, you're to pray. Not, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. You have it. But God bless them. Bless them. Bless them too. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.